0: Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a Driver Reach and FreightWaves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance software solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting, retention, and compliance. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. This week, I'm excited to be joined today by a good friend, John Tran, Vice President of Centerline Drivers, a nationwide driver staffing company that I've been very familiar with for well over a decade. So glad to have you on the show, John. Thanks for joining me.
1: Hey, Jeremy, always nice seeing you. I, I think I ran into you last week in Orlando or two weeks ago out there in Orlando. I love your jacket, the plaid jacket. So always <laughs> great seeing your smiling face. You're You're an industry leader yourself, my friend.
0: Well, that means a lot. I really appreciate that, and and especially when you pay for those plaid jackets or whatever, you know, you got to wear them. <laughs> that's right. So, that's right. Um, now, I'm I'm uh, I'm anxious to dive into your background. You know, how you got your start in the trucking industry, and I'd also like to discuss the the value prop for the concept of driver staffing, especially since I'm so familiar with it. You know, as a former owner of a driver staffing company for so many years, and uh, and I'd like to share. I'd like for you to share at least what what all Centerline does. You know, where the company's headed. Based on the you know ever changing and evolving uh, transportation industry, and then I want to make sure that we save some time for a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that all work for you?
1: Hey, I'm good with everything, and and I don't mind sharing the, all the good stuff about Centerline, and even a, a little bit of stuff about myself and my history. So
0: perfect. If, if well, be- want, before we dive in there, yeah. Well, what what I was going to say is before we dive in there, I'm curious if there are any. Uh, any book recommendations? Any, any—that's something that we do at the top of the show all the time. Is just—is there any sort of a book, maybe a podcast, anything that you've read or that's that that's been impactful or influential uh, to you?
1: Well, I am a I'm a big book guy, so I read a lot of books. But this one's going to floor you, Jeremy. the The book that I recently dusted off after probably 35 years—it was the last time I read it was my favorite book uh, the Education of a Bodybuilder by Arnold Schwarzenegger that book more than I think anything really shaped my life about being competitive about working hard and you know being fair to other people and just you know no matter where you're from no matter what your foundation you can make it in America as long as you're able to put the work into it the effort, dedication and and don't be uh a little afraid of a little bit of pain mixed in with it and you can be very successful in whatever you do and that book education of a bodybuilder by Arnold Schwarzenegger greatest example of, of that in my life i love that
0: I, no one has uh recommended that book you know you get you get some good to great and stuff like that every once in a while and a handful of other business related books that's a great one it's a great suggestion i'll add it to my Goodreads list. I don't know if you have the app Goodreads, but it's a it's a great app to put, you know, indicate books that you have already read or that you are reading or that you want to read. So I love that app. For all of those who are listening, download Goodreads. Uh it's it's a great app to track all of your reading material. Please please read education of a body so, you want to wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Now, um tell us about your background, right? How did you how did you get involved in the trucking industry? Cuz I think you've been in it for I don't know. Oh, gosh 20 30, 30 years, 30 plus years. yeah.
1: so I got into it uh, a little bit about myself. So I grew up in in between Southwest Louisiana and central New Mexico. I have unique Cajun background, you know, my my family uh, you know good-hearted Cajun folks and we can uh, trace our heritage back to the Grand Expulsion out of Nova Scotia to Southwest Louisiana. My my last name, you know, it's it's Trahan for for the view for the listener audience, but it, it's really Traha. So we're a true true Acadian family uh, on my dad's side, and uh, I'm a proud Cajun from that. But also on my mother's side, uh, they were Spaniards. They they came from Spain and France during the 1800s to New Mexico and settled a part of New Mexico and Valencia. Socorro counties in, in that area around Mountain Air, New Mexico, became great cattle ranchers. So my family is in the cattle ranching business in New Mexico. My uh, late grandfather was, was an influential pr- person within the New Mexico Cattle Growers Association. And really from that, you know, unique lifestyle that I lived both in Louisiana and then summers out in New Mexico and Hanging with my cousins and uncles on the ranch, learning how to drive alfalfa trucks and you know big cattle trucks and stuff like that. I I, I myself have been driving, you know, more than forty years now. Since I was a, a teenager, I've been driving heavy equipment and tractor trailers and stuff like that. So, and then the the thing that really got me going was in the in the mid seventies or later seventies, watching that movie Convoy. And uh, when when those trucks came through bolin New Mexico, and we were all standing out there cheering on the truckers, I thought to myself, "Man, I, I someday I want to be a part of that world, that trucking world, where it really it brings the old West, like the Pony Express, the cowboys, you know, moving freight, moving goods along, but with a modern you know spin on it with a Kenworth or a Peterbilt or something like that." I fe- I fell in love with that just that vision of the American truck driver and the truck driver songs that we used to listen to on AM radio, you know, laying on our sleeping bags at night. And I just totally fell in love with the world of transportation and trucking in general. I did prior to, uh, getting full blown into, into this transportation world. I, I was in the United States military. I was a, uh, airman in the air force, uh, air force security policeman. Um, you know, when I got out of my, my enlistment after four years, you know, I, I decided what can I still do to to give back to to my community, to to the people out there in America. You know, what what's another adventure I can go into? And it was getting getting back into truck and, you know, becoming actually a truck driver for a for a short period of my life. I drove trucks, you know, on the interstate. I drove over the road. I I've done it. I've slept in the tiny little sleepers in, in cab over uh, trucks, you know, many nights in my life. But but I had to live that to say I did it, and and it was true. It was an adventure, and it's a it's a worthy profession to be an American truck driver. I left that and, and became more of a, a logistics person, a analyst, a, a manager. Did engineered projects within the warehouse world. Uh, with Leaseway and with Penske Logistics until the point that that I met Jill Quinn in Centerline in, in about 2010. And, uh, you know, that's what brought me to this great company, Centerline. This is where I'm going to retire from. Um, and it's because of, of how we treat people, how we treat professional truck drivers, and um, anything we can do here at Centerline to to make that a better place for the professional truck drivers you know, that's a place
0: I want to be. Well, there's a lot to impact there. First of all, thank you for your service. I don't, I don't think I acknowledge that and say that enough for the folks that I talked to on the show. And I, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, I know that, uh, not all of us do, that all of us who are listening. And I, and I'd also say, interestingly, your family's roots in uh, cattle ranching, uh, we have a par- we have something in common there. I was, I had family uh, roots in Northwest Arkansas, uh, cattle ranchers, the Fancher family, uh, who sadly and tragically, were uh, were were murdered. It was a, It's called the Mountain Meadow Massacre, but it's it's well known, documented in American history. But in Southern Utah in the 1850s. Uh, but not to not that we we're going to spend our time talking about that. But you mentioned I, I do want to get into uh, centerline since you touched on that. But I also want to ask you a question about CTP, right? You've got credentials, right? CTP credentials. Can you share with the audience? What that means, I, I I'm familiar with it, but I don't know that everybody is. What does that mean and what's the process to earn that designation?
1: Well, hey that it, it, it's a heck of a designation to have. It's a certified transportation professional to the National private truck Council. great organization. No no one's better than Gary Patty and Tom Moore and how they uh, help the the community out, the private fleet community. Having this certification means a lot to me. Uh, the journey to get there, not easy. I mean, I've been through pro the SMEAL program and the logistics at, at Penn State University. I've been through, you name it, I've been through it. This CTP process, toughest thing I've ever went through. And as I was waiting for the results, those must have been the longest two weeks of my life. Um, but it, it, you go through a fleet institute. Uh, usually it happens in January of each year. Uh, you you come back from the fleet institute you study for a few more weeks and then you take a a, a test which uh it's, it's it's short essay questions there's like 16 to 18 short essay questions um in the five competencies of of transportation management which you know would be operations uh safety human resources maintenance and finance and you master each one of those uh at your level, you know, as a transportation manager, so great program. I encourage uh, anybody that's interested in getting credentials to go through the Fleet Institute. Uh, I'm on the board of governors of, of of the PFMI, so I'm a promoter. But uh, uh, it's a great place to be, and I, we we see you there every year, Jeremy. So so we know that you're you're a big part of it.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and thanks for sh- thanks for sharing. Now. Um, for those in the audience who don't know, could you please share who Centerline is and uh, and and what you're doing for the industry?
1: Well, Centerline, we're we're a rather large driver staffing company. We're we're owned by True Blue, which is a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange, uh traded under TBI. Um at Centerline, we have the vision to be the nation's most experienced, reliable, uh respected partner in in the transportation business. Um to do this, we have established a culture that supports our drivers and our in our customers. Um, so, Centerline, we're everywhere. We we do just about anything you can imagine in the world of driver staffing. Um, three of our our solutions are the flexible driver solution, which is you know sometimes short term or on demand uh, need for drivers, uh, professional uh, CDL drivers we have mobile drivers where we can deploy out to Indiana or places like that during times of need, startups with the big three PLs, uh, natural disasters, whatever. That mobile driver solution, I'm telling you, Jeremy, that's the place to be. It, it's it's our fastest growing solution. It continues to be our most one of our most popular, if not most popular solution. Um, and it helps out many companies from the the large private fleets having like an inventory reduction, or or something's going on that uh, a spring buy or or something big, or the big three PLs they're starting up a new location out in Indiana, out in Iowa there where there's not a big inventory of you know readily available qualified uh, CDL drivers, so that mobile driver services has been fantastic. And then our our biggest solution at Centerline is the division that that I'm the vice president of uh, of and run nationwide which is our driver management services driver management is really the dedicated outsourcing of of your fleet uh, personnel to Centerline we manage the day to day we manage uh in many cases the operational aspects including dispatch and, and deployment of of the resources the the maintenance of the equipment, the upkeep of of the FMCSA requirements. Um, But basically, for the private fleet world where we live in uh, every day on the driver management side, we are an extension to that fleet. We're the bandwidth that gives them high-powered HR recruiting capabilities uh, and world-class safety, a commitment to safety, the education of drivers in risk mitigation. That's what Centerline does best we do driver management uh, better than anyone out there.
0: Well, and that's a, I mean, it's a good point because private fleets generally uh, they make widgets, right? And then they have trucks to deliver those widgets, but their expertise is not necessarily in transportation. It's in widget making, you know, or whatever their, whatever their product or service is. And so to your point, this is an area where you are, are an expert and you can be an extension uh, for them and, and probably uh, offload you mentioned risk mitigation probably offload uh some of the risks that they would otherwise have if they're doing that all on their own
1: well yeah it's it's not so much the offloaded it's the the really just the removing of the risk through education to the drivers by holding people accountable by setting up realistic metrics that can drive efficiencies within your fleet whether it's you know you're trying to gain fuel efficiency or whatever you're trying to do our team will work closely with with our clients to come up with a program that that best suits their immediate need or their long-term strategic needs there's no uh, cookie cutter we look at every situation the way it should be looked at is that's the most important thing to our client on that day let's figure this out together let's put resources together to to provide a solution
0: whatever that may be so let me ask you, I know as a former, again, I come from the staffing industry too, prior to, to driver reach, uh, something I'm, I'm super passionate about and, and have gone through some really good times and some really bad times. And so how we, I remember how we had to adapt and, uh, and adjust as a company in order to continue to meet the, to continue to grow and continue to meet the needs of, of our customers. Um, how, one of the challenges that I always had to address is this. Is this misconception that drivers from staffing agencies are lower quality, right? Especially on the flex side. Now, I'm kind of maybe focusing more on the flex side uh, than the dedicated side. But how do you uh, how do you address that today? You know, compared to you know maybe a company who hires directly, they think ah oh, if they work for a staffing company, they they must not be good enough to work for a legit you know um, fleet. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, to our, for our friends in Texas, I I call bull poop on that one. That there, there's <laughs> if anything, you're getting a more um, a full you're getting a compliant dra- professional driver when you're dealing with with the big staffing companies in America. I mean, there's no shortcuts in our world. There's nothing. If en- if anything, there needs to be more education to to the client base on how to how to deploy professional flexible drivers that are coming into your operation i have the i benefit from i worked with the uh, driver staffing companies in in my previous roles as i managed that rather large fleets across america uh, in my 3pl days and i i told used to tell my staff all the time there's no difference between the agency drivers and our drivers they're all part of our fleet so let's help make Everyone's successful to take the time, just like if you were di- hired directly into a private fleet or a 3PL, If it's all that introduction to the fleet on the front end uh, gives you what you're going to get on the back end. So if you bring in a, a staff and agency professional driver and throw them in a truck with keys and an invoice and don't tell them what your goals are for the day or or how it's to be done correctly. You're probably not going to get the the right results, even if you put me or you into that seat, Jeremy. You 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 get what what you give, and if you don't give a lot of uh, good counsel and resources to those new drivers, they're, they're not going to make it. But if you invest in them, you give them a good uh, orientation, maybe a good look at what your company does, maybe you know make sure that they're qualified on the material handling equipment, whatever the. Uh, you know the idiosyncrasies of your business are if you train and if you help them in that first few hours with the fleet they'll be successful if you push them out the door too soon without a lot of love and uh, extra care you're not going to get a good result so the drivers are are i would say better because they're they're better they're they've gone through a process there's no shortcuts in our process as you know and uh you know these drivers the ones on the flexible side that, because there really aren't temporary drivers in America anymore. If you're working for a large driver staffing company, whether you're in a driver management or dedicated role or a flexible or mobile role, you're there. I mean, that's your job. The, the difference between a flexible driver and a dedicated driver, the flex guys, they can go work here today, there tomorrow. And their expectation to deliver is the same, whether it's hauling, uh, you know, a load of carpets one day or a load of shingles the next day. You got to get it to the customer safely uh, in an efficient manner. And along the way, you need to be safe, uh, courteous to everyone you meet along the road. Um, That way, you don't give yourself or other professional drivers a bad reputation. So Mm -hmm. drivers, Professional drivers are good, if, no matter if they work for a common carrier, a driver staffing agency, or a premier private fleet. It's 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 what's in here that makes the driver, and what you give to that individual to help them succeed. That that's what makes a difference.
0: Well, well said. And I know in today's economic climate, it's a little bit it's a little bit tougher. Um, I'm I'm curious. I re- again, I remember. Two thousand eight, nine. You know the Great Recession, and remember how we had to navigate through that period, and it was tough. Um, how did you know? How does the the concept of driver staffing align now with the economic headwinds? Is there any is there any advantage that it that it might have that you might not have you know leveraged before? What or has anything changed in that in the narrative in the story about the benefits of staffing?
1: Well, I know I can say for the driver management side, our our business is actually growing still at double digit uh levels right now. And I think it's because of our bandwidth, the way we use processes and technologies uh to to not only hire a driver, get them in the seat safely, but to continue that that connection with the driver. Um a lot of the, the private fleets, you said it, uh, earlier about the widgets and making widgets, that's their focus, and they sometimes are not successful when when they have to get away from that and focus on another core part of their business, which is, you know, transportation and logistics. By, by relieving themselves, in some cases, from that burden or that responsibility and letting a, a company come in like ours with bandwidth, with resources... With the ability to to manage those fleet drivers. Um, that that really is a competitive advantage to those large uh, private fleets to to just let go just a little bit and allow some a trusted partner to work with you in this other scope of your business. And it it's successful. There's other reasons, as you know, Jeremy, why companies will outsource their their fleet drivers to companies as your former company and and Mm in the company that i work for today you know sometimes it's you know these truck driver roles i you know i think the average age of a truck driver coming into the profession today is probably close to 40 years old uh it's up that's that's the entry that's the entry point into Mm -hmm. commercial truck driving but the reality is the average uh Age of a professional driver in America is, is actually right around fifty years old in growing, and, and those people, you know, they have to be cared for. But where 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 their age comes into play is when it comes to getting workers' comp rates or good insurance, healthcare premiums. Those you know, blue collar roles with higher ages, a little bit of risk potential there. They can put a burden on your whole company structure, whereas, you know, maybe the healthcare benefits for your clerk in the office is now a little bit higher because, oh, all of a sudden your private fleet that used to be five drivers doing shuttle operations has exploded because of demand or control capacity, whatever. Now, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna make a a fleet here. So you go from 10 yard guys to 200 uh, road drivers and that can put your your numbers out of whack throughout your your structure so a lot of benefits to to this um right now in the current headwinds that we're we're uh, under you know it's still hard to hire a driver there's more available today than there were last year still rather hard to hire yeah so a good entry point uh into this world really is you know we, we deliver that expertise uh, that it takes today to recruit safe, compliant drivers precisely matched to your needs. Um, so you can go ahead and, and focus on those widgets, whether you're dealing with us on the flexible, mobile, or driver management side. Let, let a company like Centerline take
0: that, that off your plate, and we can assure you, you will get the driver that you need. Well excellent uh response to that and I know that that there's a lot of uh, a lot of benefits as again I I used to do this myself and uh and I it's a great model it's a great way to um sort of just take advantage of additional you know labor resources that are you know professional and and highly qualified we've got uh, just under a minute left and so the time goes by so fast in these conversations I do want to get to the deeper dive questions so let me uh now this is about autonomous vehicles and this is uh not an uncommon question honestly. Uh the question is when do you think we'll see autonomous vehicles taking over for human drivers? And should we actually be worried about this change and how should we prepare for this shift? Is there anything I don't this maybe not your area of expertise, but certainly wanted to ask the question and and see what uh what your thoughts are.
1: Well, funny is it as it may sound we work with some of these companies that are developing uh, the autonomous type of vehicles and I mean we've been a part of it ever for the last 10 years whether it was working with the big mapping companies that were traversing America with little bubbles on the top of their cars and you know all of that we've provided pilots to to some of these uh innovative companies that are that are working through automation but the reality is it's here I mean there's trucks already doing line haul operations you know and as betas, but but it's going to happen, and I think we just adjust to it. I I think our professional drivers today in the future uh, will become pilots or uh, helpers to to the to the automated truck. There'll still be uh, professional truck drivers out there. Nobody's going to want to drive that alfalfa truck in New Mexico, or you know, <laughs> it'd be great to have automated on a login road, but it's not going to happen. Um, so automation's coming. We just need to figure out uh, as as a society how we all work within the, the realm of automation and and artificial intelligence and stuff. Um, but I can assure you this, Jeremy, Centerline will be at the forefront 10 years from now when, when this is uh, seeping in more and more. We'll still be a relevant uh, company out there and we'll still be growing.
0: Well, that's exciting. And thank you so much uh, for joining us today, John. I uh, appreciate your dedication to the industry and look forward to seeing you at some upcoming events this year. Hey, look forward to seeing you
1: soon, Jeremy.
0: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. And remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the Higher Road.